Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about how hustle culture might be harming your well-being. Remember that song? <clears throat> Every day I'm hustling. Okay. So anyway, and I had to get a frog in my throat just before I tried to sing because normally I'm an amazing singer. Not really. So we're going to talk about hustle culture and this thing that we keep hearing about that's perpetuated by social media. And it's this kind of need to work and work and work and drive and drive and drive. And we're all caught up in this like enough is never enough. And so I have a good friend of mine, Samantha Gambino. She's a licensed psychologist and the, and the founder of strong and mindful and she's coming on and we're going to have a kind of coffee talk about this whole hustle culture phenomenon and see if you're caught up in it and how it might be affecting you. So Samantha, come on in and introduce yourself. Hi, thank you, Angie. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate your singing. <laughs> Yes, yes, did you now? Okay, well, that's my alto voice. So, um, so yes, I, I, are you a better singer? Do you want to sing every no, damn hustle? You do not want that, trust me. Okay, your, your ratings would plummet. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get somebody on here who can sing because I, I love to sing when I'm in a car by myself. So, uh, Samantha, do you want to tell us uh, about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so I'm a licensed psychologist. I am in private practice in New York City, and I also am the founder of Strong and, Mind Strong and Mindful, which is a wellness consulting company that works with companies and organizations to bring mental health plat like programming and support into their platforms. Oh, it sounds amazing because what better place to bring wellness than into the workforce? So, Definitely. you know, <clears throat> this whole hustle culture thing, Samantha, I feel like, again, it's really perpetuated on social media. And to me, when I think of hustle culture, I think of just these very unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. about what work-life balance might look like. And so I feel like if, if I hear a client say they can't sleep, they're always under stress, they can't find any life balance, my mind goes to hustle culture. They're mm -hmm. caught up in this like constant moving train and they can't seem to figure out a way to get off. It's this pressure to work endless hours. Are you productive enough? Are you making enough money? Are you getting ahead? And then there's all this stress and anxiety and headaches and more addiction issues and serious fatigue. And if I had to look back, I would have to say that it, in my opinion, really got spotlighted during the pandemic when we were all at home and there was no definitive line between our workday and our home life. And so we were all answering emails at like three in the morning and doing crazy stuff. So what's your take on it? I, I absolutely agree. I do think COVID really amped up like hustle culture, right? And made this this big thing. And I think it's worn like productivity and performance. It's like a badge of honor, honor, right? I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm so busy. Oh my God, I'm so busy. I don't have time for X. I'm so busy. Um, and I think that there's probably something psychological about what went on during COVID. I mean, if you think about it, everyone's everyone's life changed. People had to pivot their businesses, their home lives, um, their whole setup, their whole life, basically. And I almost wonder sometimes if there was like some comfort in just working, right? Because there was a lot of loss and anxiety and things were, you know, at different points, very scary with COVID. So I do, pro I do think that that contributed to hustle culture of people like 
wanting to have like a sense of purpose and hold on to something. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it turned into this like for dear life kind of feeling of work, 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 work. This is how I'm going to stay sane and not really feel overwhelmed all the time by what's happening around me and in our world. Yeah, almost like a controllable variable because like you can't control that the kids are home. You can't control that, um, excuse me, husband, wife, partners, cats, dogs, in-laws, everybody's home in one household. But work is kind of the controllable variable where I know work, I'm good at work. I'm going to work because we have to make sure we're still earning income. And then I think you're right. I think it carried over. But if people are like still kind of looking at us, like, what are you saying hustle culture is exactly? Like, how do you define it to your clients? Like what, how do you spot hustle culture? I think when someone talks about working all the time and never catching a break, right. And working at night and feeling that feeling like I'm always on and I always have to be on and what I have is not enough. I need to be doing more and onto like the next best thing of like, being productive and performing and showing how busy I am and how successful I am. That's a big piece of this. People wanting to show that they are successful and that their hard work and all their productivity and their sacrifices and their blood, sweat, and tears, right, amounts to how successful. And I think underneath that, how important I am. Uh, Yeah, because it's kind of like... um... Oh, burying those insecurities through performance and accolades. Like how many certifications can I get? Um, How many raises can I get? And then like we start to define our value. But you said something, you said badge of honor. And I want to go back to that because I taught university students stress management for five years. And I used to talk about how stress was sexy, right? Everybody wanted to be stressed because if you were stressed, then you had an important job and you were, you were important. I mean, if you're not stressed, then what are you doing? And I said, you know, we can't glamorize stress because for one thing, stress is perception and it's our perception of stress that matters the most on how we're going to navigate it because stress is part of life. We're not trying to get rid of it. We're just trying to change our perception of it and know that whatever comes our way, we can navigate it. And so to me, when I taught stress management, talking about a badge of honor is that same thing as the hustle culture. It's just another way to add stress to our lives by insisting that productivity means we're purposeful and successful. That's right. That's right. And it means that I, then I can feel good about myself, right? My self-worth because I'm busy all the time and I'm productive then I can feel good about who I am as a, as a person and I can value myself, my inside self. So that's where I think like this gets a little muddled, right? That like self-worth becomes contingent on performance and productivity. Uh, Yes. Yes. And when it gets to that point, that's where we never stop to sit with our successes. I call it sitting with your success. Mm -hmm. And I've been on that 
on that bandwagon before where I have this checklist of like, I need to get XYZ certifications and I need to get it before December 31st of this year. And then I get it and I can't even sit with it and be happy about it because I'm like, well, I still have to do, you know, uh, X, Y, and Z and it's not the end of the year yet. And so I don't even sit then with the success. And that's how I started to recognize, gosh, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't even taken a minute to say, hey, go buy a new shirt or how about go out to lunch or how about put it in a frame and celebrate that certification before you move on to the next one. That's right. That's right. It's like a constant treadmill, right? You're always trying to get the next success because you have to be productive. I think also what happens is like in the busyness and in the productivity people aren't necessarily as in touch with their feelings, right? Because they're too busy and they're always doing. And so like, I try to make the distinction between doing and being, right? We can do and do and do, but then how do you really get in touch with like, how am I feeling? Am I enjoying what I'm doing, right? Does it bring me joy? Like, where do I find joy here? Are there things that I need to keep my eye out for? Am I connecting with friends? Am I taking care of myself, right? Am I setting time aside from work to go for a walk, to have a coffee with someone, to just do something for me that's fun? Um, That's where the slowing down is so important because if you're not assessing that, you're just going. And then when there is a moment of downtime, And I hear this a lot from clients. It's like they get so overwhelmed and maybe so upset and start crying and they're not sure why they're crying, but something is so off for them and it's out of their awareness because they're busy all the time and they're doing all the time. It's complicated. I'm really glad you brought that up, the doing and the being. And I'm really glad you brought up the anxiety in that, in that quiet space. I think that we need to stay with this for a minute because that's one of the biggest ways I see it in myself and in others is if you can't spend time alone or spending time alone proves to be such an anxiety provoking experience. I think it's time to get real about what's going on in your life because you are so caught up in doing and productivity that being alone, just like you said, all of a sudden you're crying or you're anxious or you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin and you're like, what Mm -hmm. is wrong with me? And so then what I hear clients say is, I hate being alone. Oh, yes. I'm like, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I used to use the analogy that we crawl up here, we go up into the attic, and then somebody like butt deadbolts, and we can't get out of our own head or like, let me out, let me out. But it's not a terrible place to be. You're not going to mm-hmm. figure things out unless you get up in there once in a while and figure out why am I anxious when I'm alone? Maybe because I'm on this like constant treadmill and I don't know how to settle down. That's exactly right. That's what happens. It becomes so overwhelming and feelings will come up in downtime because when you're running, they're covered, right? Or they're at an arm's length, but in downtime, right? They're come, they come up. I sometimes use the analogy of like a volcano, right? Like everyone, all volcanoes have lava inside, right? And we think of our feelings and our emotions as lava. And it's always like kind of brewing in there and this, but when that lava gets really hot, 
right? And we're not tending to it. And we're not trying to understand why is it so hot, right? What's going on that's making me angry or anxious or stressed or irritable? What happens is like a, like a volcano, there's an eruption, right? There's some kind of behavioral output that really doesn't feel good, but that's your volcano erupting. And, and it's like your emotions, there's only so much space inside. So if they're not tended to, they're going to ooze out in these ways that don't feel good, that aren't, you're not going to be proud of how they come out. They're not going to feel good to you. They may not feel good to others. If you pick a fight with someone or just start yelling at, you know, your partner for something totally random, yeah, none of that's going to feel good. So it's about really tending to what's inside and those thoughts and feelings before they become like the eruption, right? And they ooze out in the wrong way. Yeah. Or the boiling pot. I love the volcano when I always use the boiling pot, try putting a lid on a boiling pot. You just can't suppress emotions. And I do think that if you have a tendency to say, I don't like being alone, my next question would be, what comes up for you when you're alone? I don't ask why. I just say, what comes up? And then if people, then they start to tell me, well, I cry or I can't sleep or I start getting anxious. Well, you might be moving a little bit too fast and there needs to be some space. I kind of call it like um, putting cotton balls between all the thoughts. So then instead of the thoughts like banging against each other nonstop, let's like add some space and put some cotton balls between all the thoughts so that they're not fighting in your brain all the time. Is that a weird analogy? I love that. I think it's great because cotton's like soft and nurturing, right? Um, in terms of like, uh, like the analogy or the visual, I think it's a beautiful one. I use it with myself all the time. I'm like, Angie, how about putting some cotton up there for a minute? Okay. Cause like you're driving yourself nuts. So I also think that this hustle culture, right. You know, one of the signs is we can't be alone and we're constantly trying to do and achieve instead of be, and just be with our successes or be with our people or be with ourselves. And that's what we mean by the difference between doing and being. But I also think that we then in doing that, and you kind of mentioned this, we start losing connection with other things in our lives that matter. All of a sudden, we don't have relationships that are as strong. We're not sleeping. We're not exercising. That's right. Right. We lose connection with all that stuff. Don't you think? Absolutely. And we lose connection with ourself. Right. And, and that's the most important connection, at least, it, you know, the way I think of this. And so that in the downtime, the reality is you actually are alone because your relationship with yourself hasn't been nurtured. You haven't <laughs> been connecting with friends. Right. You haven't been exercising or having, you know, a, a lot for a lot of people, exercise is also connection. If you're in a group exercise class or with a trainer, Right. So there is a way like it actually does become the reality. Yeah. So absolutely. Because it's almost like it's self-perpetuating. That's right. Because you pull away from a relationship for long enough. And guess what? That relationship is going to suffer. Even if it's a relationship with yourself, you're going to get uncomfortable in your own skin. So Samantha, I want to reintroduce you. So I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. We're talking about how hustle culture, this whole phenomenon of hustle culture, it's this like unrealistic, 
realistic expectations about work and how much we should work and how much doing we should be doing and how it's harming our well-being because it's perpetuated on social media. I'm talking to Samantha Gambino. She's a licensed psychologist and the founder of Strong and Mindful. And what I love about having Samantha on is you love fitness and you're involved in fitness, but you're also a licensed clinician like I am. And so I feel like it's two different lenses. And I think that hustle culture is pretty darn predominant in the fitness space. Absolutely. Absolutely. I work with many clients that, um, you know, in terms of coaching, right, that own, for example, a fitness studio. I'm thinking of two women who I adore. Um, But they have talked about how they are so numb and they don't even know what they feel on the inside and that, and they'll say jokingly, but serious, God, I, I hate to even say this, but my whole identity and my whole self-worth is based on the success of this business. Um, and it's sad, you know, I'm watching them struggle and they've come a long way. But in the beginning, I was watching them struggle to even just go outside during the day and take five minutes. I suggested 15 minute walk. They, they thought they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, take five minutes and pull yourself away from the computer and just go for a walk. And they said, Samantha, the amount of anxiety I feel going for a walk and not being at the computer, um, it, it doesn't make the walk enjoyable because I'm mm. worried I'm going to miss something or an email or a response or something that betters the business um, that I that it's not worth the five minute walk. So it took a lot of undoing and understanding their narratives and the guilt they felt is a whole other story. But it took a lot of undoing of the narrative to understand, listen, our our self-worth, yes, it's important to feel proud of your work and to work hard and to feel like you're successful um, and that you're determined and a hard worker. But that can't be where all of your self-value and your self-worth comes from we have to separate sort of these dimensions that self-worth also needs to be based on who you are as a person, right? Like I I talk to clients and I say, you're funny, you're kind, you're generous. You bought me, you bring me a gift. If you travel, you don't need to do that. That's so kind and thoughtful. Not everyone is like that. That's important in terms of your self-worth to feel confident um, in the person you are apart from the work you do, right? And when people can say, I'm kind and I'm generous and I'm funny and I'm quirky or I'm creative, like all these things that they really love about themselves, that's where you want the bulk of your self-worth to come from. And I talk about building your self-worth from the inside out versus the outside in. Because it's that intrinsic way of seeing, and and you're right, so much of it is people base how they value themselves on their performance and productivity. And that is hustle culture in a nutshell. If how you feel about yourself is based on your performance and productivity, and that's the only thing you can see, then we're going to get into hustle culture. Because, you know, when I taught stress management, one of the things I used to have my students do is I said, let's take a deck of cards and you have 52 cards in a deck. I want you to tell me 52 ways that you're worthy, 52 things that you appreciate about yourself, 
52. I don't even care if it's, I like my hair. I don't care if it's, I got good biceps. I, you know, whatever it is, I'm a really kind person. Um, I take care of the people that I love. I want you to come up with 52 things that define and, and help you tap into your personal value that has nothing to do with performance and productivity, because I don't want you to go out into the workforce and have an employer or one job determine how you feel about yourself. Because that's kind of crazy, actually, considering how many jobs we have throughout our lives. That's right. That's right. I love that activity of the 52 kind of writing them down and thinking of them. I mean, it's similar. It's funny. I'm laughing because I do something similar to where I say, write down your qualities that have to do with you as a person and you as a friend put them in a place, right? Even if it's a post-it here or post-it there around your house or your apartment. I know people love vision boards. This is what goes on the vision board, right? This idea, I am kind. I am, I am capable. I'm a good friend. I'm a good mom, right? Like I'm giving. I hold people in mind. I'm considerate. I'm funny. Um, I'm quirky, right? Like I love when people talk about their quirkiness because yes. that's what makes, makes you unique. Um, and that's where we want your foundation and your self-worth and your self-value to come from. That's and having a stable grounding in yourself. I love that. And I also challenge them. I'm like, you're not allowed to just use like cliche words. If you say I'm kind, I need at least one example. I love it. Tell me a kind thing you've done in the past week. If you say I take care of the people I love, tell me one way you can prove that to yourself. Because really who you're doing is you're proving it to yourself. Because the thing is, is that we do, it's like intrinsic motivation. We have to help our clients and ourselves tap into our own value outside of productivity. Because yes, being productive and being a, a contributing member of our society is important. Absolutely. But if we don't believe in our value inherently, all that productivity is lost on us. And one of the things that I was reading about when I was reading about hustle culture and kind of reading about the research, one of the things that they're saying is the, the problem with it is that when we are so focused on productivity and performance, we it actually has a counterproductive effect. It actually, we have decreased performance. There's just too much pressure and we're doing too much and we're too anxious and we're not sleeping. And so we might be working 20 hours, but maybe eight of them are productive because our brain is like, can't do it, sorry. That's right, that's right. I've done actually just presentations straight up on multitasking and sort of the, the drawbacks of multitasking. Multitasking, I know everyone says, I'm a wonderful multitasker. That's another one. That's like a badge of honor. I, I multitask like no other. Um, and, you know, multitasking is not um, a way of actually being productive. You're less productive is what the research shows when you multitask than when you do one thing at a time. And the way I think of it is, um, I mean, what, first of all, what's also fascinating in the research is they're showing, they're finding, they're doing brain scans on people who multitask. And they're finding that there's areas and regions in the brain that are less developed in multitaskers. And hmm. those are ones that have to, like the area of the brain, I forget the name of it, I'll have to look it up and send it to you, but it's about um, emotional reasoning, like being able, or rational reasoning um, gets compromised 
And so does sort of your emotional thinking gets compromised when you're multitasking because you're just doing and doing and doing. And it's also related to a decrease in concentration and attention. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I find that fascinating in terms of knowing that it's even changing neurologically your brain formation in terms of multitasking. Right. I mean, who wants that, right, in, in terms of this? Right. Like that whole prefrontal cortex where, mm-hmm. you know, you're not thinking rationally or reasonably anymore. Yep. You know, and it is interesting because we, to your point, we don't multitask and the research does support that. And and this whole performance and productivity cycle, like you said, we just, we end up getting in this perpetual, perpetual cycle of, of doing less and achieving less, which is the opposite of our goal. Right. And, and that's kind of what we're both saying, but in a different way. Am I correct on that? Absolutely. Yes, I agree. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Sometimes the way I explain it to clients is like, right on a computer, you can open a tab and close the tab and go to the next tab and start your next task. Your brain doesn't work like that. Your brain, (laughs) if you have a tab open, it's focusing on that tab. When you switch, you close the tab in your, in your mind and you go to the next tab, your brain is actually still processing the information from the first tab. So while you can absolutely feel like you're 100% engaged in the second tab or task, your, your mind is still, there's residue from the first task uh, and the first yeah. tab. It's still open. So it compromises your attention and your concentration, which leads to careless errors and mistakes Um, on your tasks. So that also then takes time to redo or recheck. It it becomes a cycle where you are actually less productive. Yeah. It's kind of like how if you get into an argument with someone at home and then you go to work, you're still carrying that with you. Of course. Or if your last interaction at work was negative, you carry that with you when you go home because your brain doesn't just shut off experiences the way that your computer shuts down tabs. So I want to reintroduce you real quick. So I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. We're talking about hustle culture every day I'm hustling and how it might be affecting your well-being. And I'm talking to Samantha Gambino. She's a licensed psychologist and the founder of Strong and Mindful. And we're talking about just this whole productivity um, cycle that we're all on and these unrealistic expectations to constantly perform, 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 succeed, succeed, succeed. And all of a sudden, our whole self-worth is tied up in how many certifications we have or how much our business made last year. And it becomes almost bragging rights. And so, Samantha, we kind of tapped into it a little bit, but let's kind of make sure that we really lay a platform for how do you get off the hustle culture train? And one of the things that we talked about was separating, you know, I talked about the 52 cards in the deck and really getting in touch with your self-worth from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and, you know, kind of getting in touch with your attributes and your values, how, and I like the way you said you told your clients just to take like a 15 minute walk, step away from it and notice how you feel when you're not working mm-hmm. and check in, is is there anything else you'd want to add to all of that? Absolutely. I mean, I think the the scale needs to tip in terms of what information you start internalizing. 
right? And to start internalizing and looking for reinforcement around your personal characteristics that are important, right? Of, of being generous, or maybe you volunteer your time, or maybe, right, you're very kind to this person, right? Or, or start to really see these experiences and value them for the important quality that they are so that your self like talk and the way you see yourself starts to change, right? We want to overvalue. It may feel like your kindness and your generosity and your creativity. And we want to undervalue at first. I know this doesn't sound like it will feel good. You want to undervalue like all the productivity. You want to kind of put that on the back burner for, for a minute and sort of really start um, reinforcing and your, your talk and yourself as what kind of person you are. Why do your friends like you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why are they drawn to you? When you have a compliment from a friend, like, oh, that was so considerate. Like, thank you for holding me in mind. Take that in, right? I'm someone who holds other people in mind. That's important. That's an important quality in a friendship and in a relationship. Not everyone does that. And that's yes. something that really leads to, should lead, I think, to you feeling good about yourself. I remembered that person's grandmother was in the hospital. So I gave her a call just out of the blue to say, and I left her a voicemail. How are you feeling? I'm just thinking of you. I know that things are hard right now, but I just wanted to say hi. And I hope you're having right. a nice day. That goes such a long way. Just how you show up to the world. And, you know, along with that, I also, I like to tell clients, let's play uh, what's worst case scenario. And so a lot of hustle culture is, again, productivity and success driven. And so everybody is, <clears throat> well, worst case scenario is I get fired. Or worst case scenario is my business fails miserably. Okay, let's play that out. Then what? Yeah. First of all, my grandpa used to always say, no one can take away your education. And um, so if your business fails, do, do your degrees then go down the toilet? No. If your business fails, do you still have your certifications? Yes. If your business fails, do you still have your family? And so the whole point is, is that worst case scenario usually isn't that bad because it is bad. It's grief and loss always, whether it's the end of a relationship, the end of a job, the end of a business, it's grief and loss. But when you get through the grief and the loss, the foundation of who you are and what got you that enterprise in the first place is still within you. Whatever helped you build that business is going to help you build the next business. Whatever it is that's within you is still within you. And failing at one thing isn't actually failing. It's it's rediscovering what you, is potential for you to do next. And I think that if we're ever going to get over hustle culture, we're going to have to recognize that losing something in our lives isn't losing ourselves. And I don't mean to get all ushy gushy here, but it's true. I mean, relationships fail, businesses fail. We get fired from jobs. It happens. But who you are at your core is still there. And let me tell you something that's not going to make people is their productivity. But will what will make them is their relationships and their ability to find balance in their lives. I love that. I think that's so well said. It's so well said, right? Like this idea of what you take with you. And I think... There's so much to learn in a relationship, maybe that the, if a breakup, 
or a loss. Um, there's so much to learn if you lose a job, right? Or you're fired. There's learning in that, right? And that yeah. doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. You're you're not smart. You did a terrible job. It means, look, maybe, I mean, there's, there's always circumstances, obviously, but hey, maybe there's areas I need to improve. I mean, yeah. that's valuable information because life is in the details, right? And life is in the challenges. When we just sort of are given things or everything works out and there's no struggle. I mean, I do believe in this idea of challenging yourself and learning from your mistakes and right the the ability to pick yourself up after a failure talks about your strength and your inner fortitude i think um yes. and to be able to move on from there that's to me much more valuable of a lesson than someone who says you know what i built this business everything went perfectly and i've had no obstacles yes. i mean that's a lovely exactly. story don't get me wrong but it's not realistic Right. So, you know what? I'm really glad that we talked about this, Samantha, because I think hustle culture is prevalent. I think it it feeds into the fitness narrative of do, 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 do. I'm going to work out. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to be in perfect shape. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to own this business. Blah, blah, blah. But how about just be? And so if you get your, if you find yourself caught up in hustle culture, you have a hard time being alone. Maybe it's time to tap in and say, guess what? I have to tap into who I am and recognize that my success is not totally driven by my performance. So thanks, Samantha. Thanks to all of Thank you for you. joining us on Strong Mind, Strong Body, and we'll see you next time.